right, welcome into an emergency podcast breaking news episode here in the Land Grant Holy Land podcast feed. My name is Matt Tamanini. I am joined by one of our recruiting analysts and columnists, Caleb Hauser. Caleb, how are you doing up in the deep backwoods of that state up north? Yeah, it's uh, it's always good to be a Buckeye fan in the state up north, but especially good today after the great news we just saw on CBS Sports HQ. So, Buckeye fans, your your Fourth of July just got even that much sweeter. Yeah, the fireworks that we were already going to be treated to would have been a little bit uh, uh, bittersweet if this firework hadn't come in, but in fact it did. I think on Twitter I called it the boomiest boom in the history of booms because we've been waiting so long for this commitment, Caleb, and it came not only you know, on the 4th of July, but it came with less than a, a month before fall camp starts. As you mentioned, JT Tuimaloau, who is the number three player in the country in terms of the 24-7 sports composite rankings, the number one player in the country, according to 24-7 sports own rankings, he did commit to Ohio State over Oregon, Washington, and USC. And he is now coming into a class that includes the number four rated player in the country, also a defensive end in Jack Sawyer. So I want to start talking to you, Caleb, about what the pairing of JTT and Jack Sawyer in the same class for at least three years means for Ohio State. It's huge. And you can't say any more than you said already. It's the boomiest boom in the history of booms. And the coolest part about this tandem that's going to be coming up for the next three years is just the fact that you take into consideration that while recruiting rankings aren't everything, they definitely certainly mean something. And JT is coming in as the highest ranked defensive player Ohio state has ever signed in the modern recruiting era where these recruiting rankings have been available. So you pair that with the Nick Bosa's, Joey Bosa's, Chase Young's. I mean, just you go down that list and to realize that, what you have coming in with JT is higher ranked than all three of those guys. And he's going to be paired with just a guy that's three slots below him across the other side of the line with Jack Sawyer. I mean, it's, it's going to be a wrecking ball to say the least. So Ryan day and Larry Johnson, especially have to be just absolutely floored to see this boom come for them on 4th of July after just a year and a half, it seems of waiting, just a, a never ending saga of a recruitment, but I think the weight is obviously definitely worth its weight in, in gold. So um, hats off to the recruiting job that Larry Johnson and Brian Day and the rest of that staff put together, especially with Mark Pantone. But the tandem that you're talking about right now, I mean, it's it's going to be incredible to see Jack Sawyer and JT on the same field going against whatever defensive um, lines that are you know guys in the middle it's just going to be a wrecking crew off the edge so good luck to the offensive <laughs> tackles that have to try to contain that yeah well and as you mentioned JTT is now the highest rated defensive player in the history of Ohio State recruiting back to the beginning of the uh, modern recruiting era which began in 2000 he of course replaces Jack Sawyer who at the time as of you know 30 minutes ago, was the top defensive player of all time. They are so close in the rankings. Only Terrell Pryor and Ted Ginn Jr. are higher-ranked prospects in the past 21 years for the Buckeyes. And I will mention that um, JTT grades out as the 24th best prospect since 2000, regardless of school, regardless of position. So he is a, a huge addition to this team, especially coming, like I said, with less than a month before fall practices and less than two months before games start. Now, Caleb, as a coach, 
what do you think it's going to take for him to be able to get himself not only acclimated to playing college football, especially um, at the Big Ten and Ohio State level physically, but also perhaps even more importantly, um, mentally to get him to understand what it is exactly that Larry Johnson is going to be asking him to do here in a very, very short amount of time? Sure. I think obviously, I mean, regardless of who you are, when you're playing high school football, and I, I know Eastside Catholic, where JT is from, and same school, obviously, that produced G. Scott Jr. I know that it's an incredible program in the Northwest, but I mean, anytime you're going from high school football to the Power Five, especially, you know, Ohio State, where some of the best athletes in the entire country, not only just the conference, but the country are in the same position group as you. I mean, that you're going to have to buckle up right away. But if there's anyone that can handle it, it's JT. And I look at the athleticism he has. I mean, when you look at 6'5", 280 pounds, I mean, he just, he's got the elite skills with his hand combat and his first step off the ball that is already incredible. But you also pair into the fact that he works out, you know, with NFL guys. And he's on Twitter all the time. You know, not himself posting, but people posting of his workouts that just, I mean, he's a grown man. I mean, that kid is a grown man. And he's 18 <laughs> years old. Uh, but the coolest part, I think, of JT's game is the fact that you take into consideration the footwork he has. So, and that's a basketball background. And the cool part about what Larry Johnson has been able to bring in, you know, and you think of guys that also have, you know, basketball backgrounds like Malik Harris. Harrison, who was obviously a linebacker, but you bring in JT who can play, you know, elite college basketball as well and allow him to come in and use that kind of footwork off the off, off against offensive linemen. I mean, it's, it's almost like a no contest. I mean, that's going to be incredible. And then the fact that you take in that he could play inside, but also on, on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, I heard Steve Wiltfong and his presser say that he could be a big time recruit, even if he was just playing tight end. So, yeah. I mean, regardless of what side of the ball it is, he's you know the talented most talented dude on the field and I think just having that overall athleticism even from a basketball court is just going to help him you know immensely you know right off the bat and with a cage you know a cage animal like that sometimes you don't really have to worry so much about the technique and stuff when he first gets there just let the kid loose and you know the technique and stuff from Larry Johnson will come but I think you know letting that kid just off his chain and just go is going to be the best thing for him right away to get you know his feet wet with college football but of course with any you know, step up like that, there's going to be a learning curve. And, um, but, you know, if there's one position on the defensive side of the ball, you know, defensive end, you kind of just let him loose. So I yeah. think he'll fit in just fine. Yeah. And like you said, the the development is going to be there with Larry Johnson. Nobody questions that. But what we've seen from Larry in the past is that he has no problem throwing young players into his rotation. We know he loves to rotate guys. So whether he ends up being a starter or Jack Sawyer ends up being a starter or they're both reserves behind guys um, like Zach Harrison um, and uh, and Tyreek Smith and maybe even Tyler Friday and Javante Jean-Baptiste getting the mix in there. He's going to play. And so how much right. that is and how much um, that changes over the course of the season is yet to be seen. But I don't think there's any doubt that he is going to be on the field early and often for the Buckeyes. But speaking of Larry Johnson, it seems like from the start of this whole thing, we haven't heard a ton from JT Tuimaloao, but we did hear from him after his Ohio State visit when he talked to Brandon Huffman from 24 seven sports really the only guy that he that that he talks to in the media he raved about not only ohio state in general about how everything felt like a family both with players and coaches but especially about coach larry johnson who i think as you said when we did a podcast together a few weeks ago um there's really nobody 
at this point that can argue that he's not the best at what he does in the country. What do you think it is about how he relates to kids aside from the football that really made this feel like home for JTT when he could have gone to three other schools? All of his finalists were actually much closer physically to home. But Columbus, on the other side of the country, actually felt like home. Right. And I've only met Larry Johnson uh, one time in passing at a uh, at actually a coach's clinic. So it's not like I have, you know, great experience with knowing him. But you look at the track record, and obviously this is, you know, a football thing, but you look at the track record and pedigree that he has, and he gets the best, but he develops the best. And that obviously is why he, in my opinion, and probably everybody else, like we said, it's you can't even really argue it at this point. He's doing it every single year with multiple guys just how good he is at his job. But I think the thing that JT probably clicked with the most is just the fact that Larry's kind of got that softer side to him as well, too. I mean, Coach Johnson really is a family-first guy. And, I mean, Ohio State, I mean, they're smart. They know what they're doing. I mean, just a couple days ago on their Twitter, they're showing all of defensive linemen at Larry Johnson's house for a cookout. (laughs) That was not a coincidence. That was not a coincidence. They they know exactly what they're doing. And JT from the get-go has been a family guy. I mean, you saw his entire family behind him today. During his announcement, you see his entire family coming with him for the official visit. Family is first for him. And when you take into consideration that Ryan Day has really said this is not just a business atmosphere. Alabama is a business atmosphere. I mean, it's all business all the time. What Ryan Day has come in and, and done is just incredible with the fact that it's a family atmosphere. But they get business done as well, too. So they've got the best of the both worlds. And they've got Larry Johnson, who epitomizes you know, a father figure to these guys. And really sometimes, you know, even that grandfather figure to these guys as well, too. So I think JT probably fell, you know, totally in line with the family aspect that Ohio State and Larry Johnson provide. And in the meantime, he realizes what he's going to be able to do for his career in the future, you know, of his career when he's done at Ohio State, which obviously we expect the number one player in the country to, you know, to land on his feet, obviously, in the NFL draft. So, uh, you know, worked out wonderful for both sides. Ohio State fans have to be pumped, but yeah, again, I think the family aspect and the development from Larry Johnson is what won out yet again. Yeah, and that's not a surprise by any stretch of the imagination. Now, if, if we spin this forward, we don't know when JT is going to end up coming to campus. He said he kind of dodged that question on CBS Sports HQ, but he said he's going to be in contact and he's going to be working out. So we don't know if he will be on campus really at all uh, until you know, the start of camp. If he just gets there at the beginning of August, he'll he'll jump in at the start of camp. It doesn't sound necessarily, but who knows at this point whether he's going to be able to, to start working with Coach Mick um, before, before camp starts. But what do you expect from him? Let's start with just what do you expect from him this season? How do you see his role fitting in? You said just kind of unleash him and let him go but how do you think he's going to be using because situationally do you think he's going to end up earning a start what are your expectations for him in his first season in Columbus I think I know what my expectations are but I also wouldn't be surprised at all if he shatters them uh, you know just kind of that that kind of charisma that he just provides he's kind of that quiet persona about him that you're just like he kind of has an aura about him if you will and it's like yeah. that dude is just going to be scary when he gets on the field because I mean, you see his highlight film, and obviously every highlight film is going to you know, rave about who they're after, but you just watch his tape in general, and you're like, that kid is an absolute animal on the field. So in my opinion, I still think you know, your Tyreek Smiths of the world, your Zach Harrisons are going to be the first who they trot out there. But when they get into that Rushman package where they need those four defensive linemen that are more of four defensive ends at a time where they can just use speed and hand combat to get off the ball and rush the passer – I don't see any reason why not JT is going to be one of those kids, whether it's inside 
you know, as a defensive end, or if it's outside, it's a true defensive end. I don't see any rhyme or reason why that kid won't be on the field. I think by the end of the year, I could see him easily in the two deep, uh, whether it's on the left or right side, I don't think it matters, but I think him and Jack Sawyer, just the fact that how talented they are, even though that they're young, but how talented they are and just the way that they're coming in with those high expectations, I wouldn't see any rhyme or reason why at the end of the year, those kids aren't at least in the two deep or pushing to be starters. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense to me. And I, I think I'm on the same page with you. All right, so that's the first year. <laughs> this is obviously uh, a, a big ass because who the hell knows at this point. But by the time he leaves, I'm guessing after three years, what do you think we are looking back at as the legacy of JT Tui Malowau in Columbus? I think when you look at the long lineage of guys, I mean, and guys that are in the NFL right now that sometimes are unsung heroes, but you're Draymond Jones of the world, you're Sam Hubbard's of the world. Those dudes are still, you know, NFL players, and they're not just slouches. They're, you know, they're starters on their NFL teams. I mean, I'm a Bengals fan, I know, which is sometimes more painful than not. But, I mean, you watch Sam Hubbard on Sundays, and the dude is still an animal. I mean, I think, in my opinion, he's even better right now than he was at Ohio State. So, you look at the long lineage, and I just say that to say this. Every defensive end that has been drafted by the Buckeyes to get them into the NFL is a dude. But when you take kind of the cream of the crop, your Nick Boses of the world, your Joey Boses of the world, your Chase Youngs of the world, and you see what they did as defensive rookies of the year in those kinds of seasons, you look at the kind of things that JT is going to bring to the field, and you look at that kind of background with his history, his ranking, all that into consideration. It just, in my mind, thinks, why is it not him that's going to be next? And it very well could be. And the crazy part is, once again, you've got Jack Sawyer just on the other side of the defensive line that is only three spots ranked lower than him. And like you said, a half hour ago, he was Ohio State's highest you know, defensive sign commit in the modern era. So uh, it's a really good time to be a Buckeye fan, and especially for Larry Johnson. Yeah, that's uh, – okay, I'm, I'm slowing down here because I'm looking at a tweet that comes from Hayes Fawcett. If anybody follows recruiting, um, he is the main graphics guy. He is now going to be working for a new college uh, sports network called On3. He's the guy that everybody goes to when they are tweeting out graphics. He he tweeted out the JT graphic, and the last line of his tweet is – Tui Maloa will play basketball for the Buckeyes as well. Um, we wow. know that when he was, I know, <laughs> we know that when he was in Columbus, he met with Chris Holtman and Chris Holtman said that he was ready uh, to take him on. We have not had a, I mean, I could be wrong here, but I, I feel like there was one or two guys maybe after Ricky Dudley, but the last guy who was like a legit player for both Ohio State football and basketball, I think was Ricky Dudley. And I'm sure there was somebody else that I'm forgetting. But like we said, like you said it a minute ago, he had legitimate offers to play D1 college basketball irrespective of any football commitments. So it sounds like he's going to get his chance to play both. And there is no reason um, why Ryan Day would not allow that to happen, especially uh, when you're trying to land this guy. Um, right. But from your perspective as a high school coach, and you also work with guys outside of you know the school that you coach for as well, but how big is it for somebody to play multiple sports when they want to get to an elite level? Do you think that, you know, as someone who's also coached college sports, I was always in favor of 
kids playing multiple sports it helps make them a little bit more rounded well-rounded athletes uh, but i also understand that it takes time away from the development in one sport what are your perspectives on having guys play multiple sports in high school and then what do you think it could mean for his development as a football player in college as well right yeah i mean as a coach i always you know encourage the guys that you know i coach whether it's baseball or football coaching both you know play as much as you can of every sport i mean like you said it makes you well more well-rounded However, I think when you get to the college level, it's just so hard to play multiple sports. I know guys that have done it at the D2 level, and they're completely just maxed out. And kids yeah. that I've coached before, and they are just absolutely maxed out to the point where they're like, I, I don't know if I can do it. Or, you know, this sport I'm slipping in, this one I'm more, you know, excelling in. Or I've actually slipped in both. It's very rare to see a guy be able to keep up the stamina to be able to do that year round, especially when it's, you know, a sport like football where it just takes such a toll on your body, especially with basketball too. I mean, it's, it's right. As soon as football is ending, boom, we're right into basketball. So, you know, I don't want to rain on, on anyone's parade um, right now. Cause I mean, shoot, if, J, if JT wants to do it, I'm sure he'll do it, but it just, it makes you wonder, will he be able to do that? Is that something that, you know, he's obviously going to try to pursue at least one year by the end of his career. Would he be you know, playing both, it's hard to tell. But, I mean, again, if anyone can do it, you would certainly think he will, you know, with having Power 5 offers from, you know, basically anyone he wants in both sports, certainly he's got the, the genetic makeup to be able to do it. So, but, yeah. again, it is it is very tough. Um, but, you know, we'll see. At the end of his career, if he's able to play both, and that even makes him more impressive than I already thought he was. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with you. I feel like he might try it one year, or he might get to January of 2020, 2022 and be like, Hey, Coach Holt, uh, I don't think this is going to work. But either way. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big ask. It's, a, it's yeah. definitely a big ask to be able to do both sports is incredible. But I think when he sees, you know, what Ohio State embodies just as a whole football program, whether it's off-season workouts, in-season stuff, wh- whatever it may be, that might, you know, kind of decide his fate right there. But again, if anyone can do it, I'm sure that kid can. Yeah, that's uh, a, a pretty tall ask, but a, he's a pretty impressive kid. But all right, Caleb, I'm going to let you get back to your 4th of July family celebrations. I'm going to take you out with this tweet from Colin Hill, who is one of the football reporters over at 11 Warriors. His tweet says, Ryan Day has been Ohio State coach for two and a half years and has landed four higher rated recruits than Urban Meyer ever signed, and that's not including Justin Fields. I feel like uh, just from our chats in our land-grant chat Slack room from the time, I feel like you and I were both of the same mindset that it's going to be tough to replace Urban Meyer in terms of a recruiter. But for some reason and somehow, Ryan Day has not only taken the platform that Urban Meyer helped build and and amplify, but he's taken it to another level. And this is a really, really impressive haul um, for Ryan Day and his entire staff for this 2021 recruiting class. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. I mean, obviously Urban Meyer, like you said, helped lay the foundation for everything Ohio State's you know, been able to do right now. But the fact that, I mean, that tweet right there, four higher than Meyer ever did in day, days under four years of coaching this team. I mean, it's it's truly it's incredible what he's doing. I mean, there's no better time to be an Ohio State fan in guards of, you know, recruiting than right now. What he's doing is unparalleled. It's incredible. And I think Ohio State fans can all agree they're very fortunate to have him at the helm of their program. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) 
All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to this emergency podcast episode here in Land Grant Holy Land's podcast feed. If you're finding this episode on LandGrantHolyLand.com, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are cranking out episodes nearly every weekday, and we'll have even more than that coming up during football season. Also, don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at LandGrant33. You can find me at BWW Matt. Caleb, where can people find you on Twitter? At Caleb Hauser 9. So C-A-L-E-B-H-O-U-S-E-R, and the number nine at the end. Awesome. Everybody, thanks for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your uh, Independence Day, 4th of July celebrations. We will talk to you soon. And as always, go Bucks.